you know, our competitors will be will build uh, large-scale uh, plants that take in, you know, perhaps a hundred thousand tons of stock a year. We build small-scale plants, deployable plants, right? And we send those plants to the problem rather than having the problem travel uh, in an unsustainable method to us. Hello, and welcome to Rethink What Matters the podcast dedicated to aligning the economy with the ecology and everyone for improved business performance, stronger families and a greener, cooler planet. And today I'm joined by Warren Steele of Carlton Forest Renewables and we're going to be discussing tyre pyrolysis. Thanks for having us on today. Apparently one and a half billion tyres are discarded annually worldwide, according to the World Business Council for Sustainable Development. Yeah, I think I think uh, tyre disposal is a is a significant problem on a global basis. I think the numbers that you're probably uh, looking at there uh, are probably the um, the numbers of the tyres that are disposed of an annual, on an annual basis. It probably doesn't even take into account those that are uh, stored, uh, those that are um, perhaps even illegally dumped. Uh, and and uh, you know we've got we've got to consider the the bigger picture. In the UK alone, we're managing something along the lines of 60 million casings um, on an annualised basis. So it's a fairly significant problem uh, that Carlton Forest are, are are trying to address, uh, and so far successfully addressing. Brilliant. Could you tell us a little bit more about uh, Carlton Forest Renewables, then, please, Warren? Yeah, absolutely. So. Carlton Forest Renewables uh, was born out of the uh, the Carlton Forest Group uh, as a as a business. Historically, we are three uh, PL, so warehousing and logistics. Um, and our CEO Mark Pepper took a punt about uh, seven or eight years ago and um, went into the renewable sector. Um, you know, the, uh, the there's there's technologies out there that that can be employed, but I think close to close to his heart was the idea that he runs a logistics business. We run trailers, we run tires, we discard tires. So let's look at something that's aligned to the business uh, in terms of how we manage uh, what we're investing in. And around 2018, uh, uh, Mark went out to South Africa and bought a company called IRR uh, Manufacturing, which is International Rubber Recycling. And uh, that business is was was a pyrolysis uh, uh, technology business, so tires to 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 oil, and um, effectively what what Mark did was lifted the the production equipment out of South Africa, brought it to the UK, but we still retain the the uh, the manufacturing elements of our business in South Africa. So we distribute our plants on a global basis now from South Africa, but I'll talk you through in this podcast how we do that and what we do. Uh, with with tire waste. Okay, all right. So it's a global business then. Yeah, we're a global business. We're 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 working on uh, operations, um, establishing operations in Australia. We have an Australian partner, um, and they uh, we have a five plant deal in Australia at the moment. So the first plant will go into uh, an area just outside Brisbane um, okay. in the in the in the coming in the coming months. Um, and we're also working on um, a second plant in northern Sweden at the moment. So, yeah, we're expanding um, to areas that are that are far flung, um, which 
uh, lends itself to our technology. You know, our competitors will be will build uh, large scale um, uh, plants that take in, you know, perhaps 100,000 tons of stock a year. We build small scale plants, depo depo deployable plants. Right. And we send those plants to the problem rather than having the problem travel uh, in an unsustainable method to us. That's a great idea. Mm. Um, so let's just talk a little bit more about the problem of tires and, the, and uh, what happens to them when they get discarded up until now, or you know, what other what other ways are there of recycling tires that I think perhaps not as not as efficient as tire pyrolysis. Yeah, I think so. On a on a on a global basis, uh, typically tires are starting to be uh, banned from landfills. Uh, even even in third world countries now, um, they're jumping onto landfill bans. But in addition to that, uh, you know, where, where markets exist in in Asia, uh, typically uh, or Turkey, um, those markets are starting to close down on the basis that countries are now wanting to deal with the issues in house. You take for Australia, for example. So about three years ago now, Australia um, banned the export of whole tyres for recovery outside of the, the borders of Australia. And, and that's where our technology um, lends itself to effective management of tyre waste. Um, effectively, what we've got now is we've got the, um, the ability to in-house manage that situation rather than trying to bail box or containerize and send our problem to another country okay the, you know the the alternatives to 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 landfill would naturally be uh, cement and clinker manufacture the high cv of the rubber complements uh, a non-coal based uh, alternative fuel right um, but typically boxing and bailing um, tires and sending them into india for um for fairly low uh, quality pyrolysis processes is is the is the, the key element at this point in time right okay how, how are tires made what goes into a tire they're not just rubber is there but there are lots of components in there to make it yeah, more difficult yeah, for you to, uh... yeah i'm certainly not a, a tire manufacturing expert but uh you know carbon is 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 a major component um of that and i think you know the the, the more tire manufacturers that can uh, start to adopt the thought process of using uh, recovered carbon black into their processes uh, rather than virgin carbon black um that's that, that'll that'll add to the sustainability of the the tire manufacturing process now within our process we produce a raw carbon char um, and that carbon char uh, then goes off for a milling process, which then uh, lends itself to, depending on the quality of the char that we're producing, lends itself to um, to being coined a, a recovered carbon black. There are a couple of manufacturers that are uh, that are using recovered carbon black over virgin carbon black within their process at the moment. So yeah, we're moving in the right direction as an industry. So does that mean that um, you can make tires out of tires, out of old tires? Yeah, from a circularity point of view, absolutely. So I don't know if you can make them one from the other, but certainly you can contribute to the manufacture of new tires from your old tires. Right. You know, the Colton Forest technology, um, Paul, is effectively, uh, it's an oxygen-starved um, heat process. So we're, right. we're decomposing or breaking down the tire into, into its constituent parts that, that contributed to the original manufacture of the tire. So we present into our process uh, shredded tire crumb to, right. to, to a fraction size sub 20 millimeters. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. Um, we have a specific residency time, and you know we have two reactors on our on our line in Worksop in Nottinghamshire, each operates at about 450 degrees centigrade, mm-hmm. and that that process within an hour's residency time produces a combination of uh, a raw carbon char along with um, uh, condensing and non-condensing gases. Then mm-hmm. through a process of um, uh, of flowing the, 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 the gases through a condensing array, we were able to um, harness syngas, we were able to harness oil, um, and effectively we there, uh, the, the carbon char that we produce then goes through a deodorizer and it eventually becomes millable at that point in time. Okay. Which, which which is the circularity inter- element to it, you know. If if we if we're burning through incineration or going through cement or clinker processes, the challenge is that your CO2 emissions uh, are are probably higher than what we're achieving. Uh, our emission standards, uh, uh, our emission uh, control systems, our SEM system meets the emission standards that that are issued by local authorities. Right. We're a, we're a fully permitted, fully authorized facility. Okay. So yeah, circularity is at the heart of what we do. Brilliant, brilliant. And so just want to cover that again a little bit in terms of the products that you're producing through, you know, the end of this tire paralysis process. Where where does the, where do those products end up eventually? You mentioned tires or are there other you know, yeah. other applications to these to the yeah. output of your process? So if we if we if we consider the, the the internal use of of the production process. So through the process we're producing a, a raw carbon char, we're producing a tire paralysis oil. We're producing waste heat and we're producing syngas. Now, with the Colton Forest technology, we have uh, what we coin an island mode um, solution. And within the island mode solution, we have the ability to uh, reutilize the waste heat through a steam turbine. Right. So we boil water and we generate electricity. You know, our plant generates something in the region of about 200 kilowatts of electricity per hour. And the plant itself consumes. Um, around 140 to 160 kilowatt hour, uh, kilowatts per hour of electricity. So we're not drawing, um, uh, we, we don't have a net draw from the grid. Uh, we're, we're self-sustainable from electric board, from an electricity production point of view. Okay, Additionally, our syngas, uh, once our syngas goes through these thermal oxidizer and is scrubbed and cleaned up, um, that syngas uh, then uh, recirculates into our burners and fuels our burners. Now, we can't be naive enough to think that that's sufficient in terms of spiking our heat. So we do use LPG. We do have the use of virgin uh, gases to spike our our, our burners, but yep. only to the tune of about 25%. Okay. The balance of our, of our fuel for our burners comes from our self-production process. Yep. The two saleable products that we're producing are the tire pyrolysis oil and, right. the, and the carbon char. Now, the right. carbon char... Uh, that uh, produces around 350 kilograms uh, for every ton of tire that we put into the uh, into the um, uh, the hopper process or into the pyrolysis process. Right. And once that's gone through a secondary heating system, or what we coin a, de- a deodorizer, to yep. uh, to 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 manage the uh, the resultant um, heavy aromatics or to to eliminate. Um, any uh, additional gases or, or noxious materials. Uh, that then goes off to a third-party miller here in the UK. And that right. milling process then engages a wider market, a consumer market or a manufacturing market. So that's the carbon char. 
So the okay. last one within the circle of production is the is the tire paralysis oil. Uh, the tire paralysis oil. I mean, two very simple uh, thought processes would be using it as a blending oil for heating right. for heating applications. Mm -hmm. um, however, we have strong relationships with um, refineries here in the UK. Uh, we have spent a fairly significant amount of money testing uh, our oil. We have mm -hmm. an aggregated value of around 55-56% in terms of biogenic co content. So right. the oil that we're producing out of our plants is very attractive uh, as a green fuel, as a blending fuel um, mm -hmm. or a co-processing fuel uh, within the refinery market. Okay, okay. Thanks for explaining that. And uh, so you're, you know, you're installing these plants around the world. Do they, you know, do you uh, employ a lot of people with that? And is it uh, good for the local economy? Yeah. So you know, our, our IP-related uh, products uh, are, are produced in Johannesburg. So we have our manufacturing operations in Johannesburg in South Africa. Uh, but typically, those are uh, the manufacturing process there. Uh, engages the, the the heavy end equipment, so our thermal reactors, uh, our reactors and our thermal oxidizers, rather, um, our dosing equipment, our condensing array. But as we as we move into alternative markets, we then have the ability to uh, engage local suppliers, fans, right. engines, uh, sensors, um, you know, all that that type of stuff, pipe work, uh, mm -hmm. welding, labour. Um, all the localized stuff that we typically would find more expensive to ship, we 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 source at a local level. Okay, so it's good. Excellent. It's good for the local economy then. Um, and what about laws, rules, and regulations? Do they you know do they provide a challenge to you in different countries? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's that's why we've adopted the the model that we have uh, in terms of our distribution efforts. So if you take Australia, for argument's sake, uh, we've not sort of gone blind into Australia. Uh, we've um, engaged uh, the trade mission uh, here in the UK um, at Australia House. So they assist in terms of what we do. Um, they set up uh, meetings with, um, you know, with the, with the local uh, governments. Um, they assist us in terms of setting up joint venture businesses. Um, that said, those are all the administrative tasks. So we, we, we do seek assistance from those that know um, what they're doing in the local in the local environments. In Australia, we have taken on a partner. So we have a joint venture partner um, on a split equity basis. And our partners in Australia are based in Brisbane. So they okay. are local. They understand the market. They understand the um, you know, there's politics that comes with everything in the grand scheme of things, but they also understand the problems that we need to address and they can address them head on. It's not right. easy um, managing uh, our deployment in Australia from the UK, but, uh, you know, we have a project team, you know, every Wednesday morning we meet very early, which is late afternoon for the Australians and yeah. it seems to work. And that's the same with the Swedes. So, you know, within the Swedish market, we have a, we have a localized partner um, based in Stockholm um, and you know they they act as financial drivers, as market drivers, as research analysts, um, and uh, they you know on both sides of the the coin, Australia and and uh, Sweden, great great solutions we have in place. Right. So in terms of sourcing the tires, then for your tire pyrolysis, is there competition over over this? Yeah. You know, 
I mean, let, let's start in the UK. Competition for tyre stock in the UK is fierce. It really is fierce. It is the biggest challenge that we have in terms of uh, producing tyre pyrolysis oil or raw carbon char um, for the wider market. You know, the, the biggest challenge we have is geopolitical uh, in that the opportunity to uh, box or containerize uh, bail and containerize tires and send them off to India or to Turkey is attractive from a financial perspective. Right. The biggest challenge with that, though, is it it doesn't meet circular economy standards. It doesn't. Okay. It's not sustainable. Um, you know the 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 ability to to drive uh, sustainable disposal methods is one of our key um, uh, ethos within 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 the renewables business. We subscribe to um, the ISCC accreditation, and ISCC is a is a sustainability certification that needs to flow through your entire supply chain. So right. from the oil refineries that take our oil right down to the guys that shred our tire crumb, yep. you know, we need to make sure that everybody meets those sustainability standards. But yes, I, you know, to to come back to the question and point, uh, it's tough to find tire stock. Um, you know, when there's 60 million casings, we're trying to find per plant in the UK around 8,000 tons, which is around 800 to 900, maybe a million tire casings per year per plant. Right. Um, you know, the the we are we are competing on a geopolitical basis. Right. Okay. Okay. And uh, are you finding that new rules are helping in this regard for you? Then that you know the world is trying to become sustainable or hopefully more regenerative are you noticing that new rules and laws and regulations are working in your favor yeah i think i think so i think it's a slow burn right. uh forgive the pun um which <laughs> definitely ready. wasn't intended but uh you know it's certainly a slow burn you know if you take the the arab states uh we have um the uae uh partners in the uae or potential partners in the uae have, who have approached us now Right. And the the reason for that is, I mean, you think, OK, well, you know, does the UAE need to produce more oil? No, they don't. And the, 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 the offtake challenge there is you're not going to get your oil that you're producing into a, uh, a an Arab based refinery because that's not how they work there. So all oil produced from a renewable factor is exported out of the UAE. Hmm. Um, now, the challenge is playing into pyrolysis uh, operators' hands in that a lot of a lot of countries are following those sustainability standards. So they're now shutting down their exports into alternative markets for disposal, and they're okay. managing the processes on their own. So if you t you know the the UAE has adopted the Australian model, we will not export our tires outside of the UAE anymore. You know it's staying right. in house, and that's now law. Okay. Um, and and many and there's there's many countries following the, the exact same model. Have you, I mean, are you engaging with the tire manufacturers as well? I mean, you know, what with the science-based targets, scopes one, two, and three, are they interested in working with you and then thereby knowing what's happening to their tires after they've sold them? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, the the you know Colton Forest directly is is engaging a couple of the very large uh, tire manufacturers. Uh, only last week we had uh, no, uh, yeah. Last week we had a meeting with um, with a, a Finnish-based uh, tire manufacturer 
who are already using uh, recovered carbon black within their manufacturing process. So yeah. I think it's important that we, you know, we, 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 we run the systems in parallel. One, we engage those that are utilizing the recovered products within their manufacturing process, but additionally use that as an evidence-based case yeah. uh, to, to engage those that are slightly wary about mm-hmm. using um, uh, recovered based products rather than virgin products in their manufacturing process. And it, it you know, it, it rightly so, it's a safety issue. And until they're 100% happy that okay. their safety is not compromised, um, you know, we will continue to fight that good fight. Right. Okay. But there's no, so Michelin aren't encouraging Michelin tires to be returned to them. Nothing like that happens. Yeah, they are. They they absolutely are. Oh. You know, I, I'm, I'm loath to, to point out specific manufacturers. Um, however, you know, as I said, um, you know, and this is, this is in the public space, certainly Michelin and Bridgestone are actively engaged in the process of uh, researching, development, um, installation of technology that would utilize alternative um, waste streams or alternative products within the manufacturing process. So yeah, definitively there are. There's also, you know, there's there's technology coming out of the woodwork now that would allow the traceability elements to complement the ISCC accreditation. So if Mrs. Miggins puts a tire on her car at a leading high street uh, tire uh, distributor, yeah. uh, you know, we will be able to establish that that particular manufactured tire from Mrs. Megan's car, once it's done 40,000 miles, comes off her car, it's then barcode scanned again, and the traceability in terms of the disposal methods are, are reconciled so that that particular manufacturer can close the loop on their disposal um, responsibility, their producer responsibility. Fantastic. Imagine if all, all manufacturers of all products did stuff like that. You know, Ima- home, yeah, imagine you know, yeah. we, we'd be that would be a home run for us all, wouldn't it? Absolutely. The manufacturers Absolutely. took responsibility for their products yeah, as they we, go. We also, need, we, we also need government to step up. You know, yeah. there's there's a, there's a funding requirement there. There's a there's a resource requirement. There's a legislative requirement, and government needs to step up and and play their parts in this process. If Mrs. Miggins wanted to make sure that her tire was being her tires were being properly uh, recycled, yeah, is there any way she can do that at the moment? Is there any any badges, any certifications? Absolutely, yeah, she can look out for. Yeah, so the ISCC accreditation. Uh, if Mrs. Miggins goes into her local high street retailer and asks them if they are IC, ISCC accredited. Um, it's an international sustainability certification. Right. And the ISCC uh, reconciliation, the ISCC audit process, the ISCC ethos um, is all about sustainability. And you've got to have um, buy-in from everybody. And the major buy-in is the end user of the recovered product. So, you know, we're driven by the um, we're driven by the uh, refineries. So the refineries, if we're producing them, if we're supplying them with tire pyrolysis oil, the refineries want us to be ISCC accredited, right. which means if we want to uh, bring tire crumb for processing in and into our plant. Uh, our suppliers have to be ISCC accredited, which right. means the the uh, the retailer has to be ISCC accredited to supply them. So right. it only needs one driver 
to to maintain a sustainability supply chain. When you say refineries, are there any household names we might recognise? I don't. I don't know that there'd be any household names. Certainly, the Humber Refinery uh, yeah. is 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 one that we engage with on a regular basis. Okay. Um, but yeah, you know, there's uh, there's there's a few. The UK is slightly is is dragging themselves into the sustainable into the use of of sustainable co-processing fuels, but the Humber Refinery is leading that charge at this point in time. Right. Great. Great. And I'm just curious, in the Humber Refinery, after they've taken your uh, pyrolysis oil, yeah, they 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 turn it into what? What do they do with it? So they co-process it. So they blend it with uh, with um, uh, with virgin fuels. Right. Um, so it, it's all based on the biogenic content. So naturally, the the higher the biogenic content, the the the, the greener the fuel. Um, you know, at the moment we have a there's there's a significant hole in the market in terms of the uh, the opportunity to supply uh, alternative fuels. There are not enough alternative fuel suppliers mm-hmm. for the hunger that the refineries have to co-process. Specifically, you know, the Humber refinery at this at this point in time, and you know, the more they can bring in, um, the, the 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 greener the fuel will be. So, you know, I I, I jump they- back to the. I jump back to the government intervention. The government have to come to the party with this type of thing. They they they, they set us targets. They set us goals, um, but there's that skills gap. There's that funding gap that mm-hmm. stops the ability to to move forward at a reasonable pace. So you know, how does Carlton Forest Renewables then, if you like, look at sustainability alongside tire paralysis and and that process? I think Paul, you know, we've got to consider uh, uh, certain elements of. Um, uh, of how we engage the process and whether or not the process is going back into the system. You know, we, we're very clear in terms of how we operate our pyrolysis process. It's, it's ultimately going as a co-processing fuel or a similar um, uh, energy-based uh, model. We, we limit our uh, emissions to well below uh, standards, so we're maintaining sustainability from that point of view. Yeah. We, you know, when we bought the IRR uh, business, we enhanced the scrubbing technology in terms of noxious gases. So we have a thermal oxidizer attached to our two reactors that that manages the the, the gaseous output uh, before we emit to atmosphere. And what we emit to atmosphere is significantly below what we're allowed to so we feel that you know from a sustainability point of view we're going above and beyond yeah and and as i said you know earlier on um or at, or at another stage within this podcast i said you know we could have employed technology that simply created heat uh to create um friction to create uh, a turbine to spin and generate electricity but you know whilst we are doing that we're creating heat through steam engines, uh, yeah. we're creating electricity through a steam turbine. That's for our own electrical generation, so that we're not yeah. drawing off the grid. Yeah. Um, and and that's you know that under so underscores yeah. our sustainability uh, model. Brilliant, brilliant. I think it's in the name as well. Carbon forest renewable sort of Absolutely. says. You know, Absolutely. Says we are doing this in the cleanest way that it can be done, uh-huh. and solving a really big problem. I mean, that's a however many billions of tires that is every year that's obviously a big problem so yeah exactly 
Christy, I really appreciate your time on this podcast. I've learned a lot about tire pyrolysis and, uh, and, and the process, you know, and the problem that you're addressing and how you're helping us to create a more sustainable, hopefully regenerative world. Thanks again. Thanks for your time. Thanks for having us, Paul.